Good morning, everybody. If you want to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 3, um, we also know that um, we have th- this week for the very first time uh, the family from the Ukraine that are going to be staying with Vincent and Sheree. And so just a very warm welcome to you guys. We, we hope that your time with us, you feel very welcome, and we look forward to getting to know you more. So we're continuing our series on the church in action, working through the book of Acts. And Ben started off our series with, a, with by saying that from the beginning of this church era that we see at the beginning of Acts, you can see it like wildfire and spreading fast and changing the landscape of the world. And last week, Toby shared about the qualities of the church community that they sh- that said they had many signs and wonders that all who believed together with all things in common. And they were praising God and having favor with people and people being added to them daily. And he said that that they shared a shared identity, a shared possessions and a shared table, not only in fellowship, but also in the communion that they had together. And they must've been feeling at that point, what a wonderful life this Christian walk is, this Christian faith is. It's kind of like football being called the beautiful game. You know, when, when the team is working well together and the t- and p- players are scoring and, and people are winning. It's a beautiful game, especially if you're a Norwich or Ipswich fan at the moment. That's, it's a beautiful game. But this young church in action were growing and spreading like wildfire and unified as a community. Many of you will remember Jeremy Hazel, who visited here a number of years ago and has shared here. He's a very dear friend of mine. And, and I heard him just share a story this week that really caught my attention. He said a number of years ago that uh, he led a discipleship kind of gap year team in Canada. And at the beginning of each new year, they would ask, why do you want to be part of this uh, course or this program? And there were various answers. Some would say, I want to learn more about the Bible. And others would say, I want to maybe be part of a mission work someday. Or, or I want to tell people about Jesus. But there was one answer that stuck out and stuck in his brain and continued on for the rest of his life. And it came from a young girl who had just graduated. And she wasn't even from that church. Her answer was this. My uncle told me that your church was the church with all the stories. I came here because I want to be one of those people with all the stories. And when I heard that, there was something deep in me that said, I too want to be one of those people with all the stories. I want us as a church full of stories of moments when God breaks out in extraordinary ways, when we step out in our our ordinary lives. There was, this week in the office, there was a grandmother that just phoned the office. She was from another part of the country. And she rang the office because her grandson um, was out on the street in Lowestoft. And, and she had, he had been released on bail and had to leave his area. And she was desperately trying to find uh, a place for her grandson to be safe. And I was working with Sam Porter from the food bank and trying to find a way for us to be able to, to find a way to be able to help her. And I was really encouraged because Sam said to me, be sure to offer to pray for the grandmother. 
He says, I'm challenging myself to pray for as many people as I can every day I can. And when I rang her, I was able to pray with her at the end. And, and we prayed for her grandson, Ross. And she was quite emotional. And, that, and I just hoped that was a moment where God broke into her life. And that every day, every, uh, in our everyday lives. In our passage today in Acts 3 and Acts 4, I want to focus on three qualities this young church had that we could take from it. They were a people with stories. They were a people with struggles. And they were a people with strength. Acts 3 starts with one of those stories. It says in Acts 3, if we follow along there in verse 1, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. That would be about 3 in the afternoon. And a lame man from birth had been carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, that is called the beautiful gate, to ask, to, ask, to ask alms, to ask donations of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze to him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter says, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping, and he leaped up, he stood and began to walk. And entering the temple with them, walking and, pray, walking and leaping and praising God. This started off as an ordinary day in Jerusalem. Every day, Peter and John went to the temple to pray at 3 p.m. Every day, they'd walk through those gates. A man was carried every day to sit at the gate. And at night, someone would take him home at night. And every day, everyone knew this man at the gate. No one made eye contact with him. They just tossed a coin his way. Every day, this man would beg for money and the giving of alms was to the giving of alms to the poor was an important religious act for the Jews that were going to the temple each day. So you could say that this was everyday business outside the temple. But on this day in about 30 AD in Jerusalem was to become a divine appointment for this man who was in need. First of all, Peter and John said to the man, look at us, look up. And that speaks of bringing dignity to the man. It's so important that we do whatever we can as a church to bring dignity and empowerment back to people. Whether it's through the food bank, whether it's through cap debt counseling, or even what we can do to help those that, that have had to flee from, from Ukraine and the refugees. And yet we know that this isn't enough. This man needed supernatural God power to come into his ordinary life that only God could bring. Stories, these God moments, happen when we say yes and step out. The man was asking him, what can you do for me? And it says, then Peter said in verse 6, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately 
His feet and ankles were made strong. Thomas Walker said, the power was Christ, but the hand was Peter's. Peter gave what he had, Jesus Christ in him, by the Holy Spirit. And this God moment in his everyday life moved this man closer to God. It says, and leaping, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. For all his life, he had sat outside the temple at that gate. And now in this God moment, he was walking and dancing in the aisles of the temple. I want to be one of those people with stories like that. Don't you? I want to be able, I don't also want to look back at stories in my past. I want stories now. I don't want to look back and and remember someone like my friend, uh, my now friend Richard, when I was living in Sheffield, that when I was there to just fix his computer one day, and he was, he was very ill. And I stepped out and I just said, could I pray for you? And he said, yes. And, and, and God healed him a few, few days later. And he came to church with us. And, and today I, I speak with him about every, every well, once a week. And he loves the church and he loves Jesus. But I don't want stories just of my past. I want us to be a church who people say, they told me that your church was the church with all the stories. People who can't find answers from the doctors come to church because they hear of the stories of God's healing. Stories of God touching people's hearts who struggle with depression and grief. Stories of God who brings comfort and peace and strength to those who struggle with their mental health. Stories of God bringing long-term freedom from addictions for those who've lost hope of any lasting answer. Now, you might be thinking, well, why are stories so important? Because these God moments of God's power are signposts sign that point, us to, point people to Jesus. This God moment also got the attention of the crowds around the man. The people saw the man who they knew as the man at the gate, crippled for, it says, 40 years. And he's now walking and leaping and praising God. And it says in verse 10, they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. You see, this miracle was a platform for Jesus to be heard and to be glorified. All the people that says they were utterly astonished and they ran together to Peter and John. And it goes on to say that when Peter saw the crowds gathered around him, he addressed the people. He said, men of Israel, why do you wonder wonder at this and stare as if we did this? As though by our own power and piety that we made him walk. You see, just as Peter lifted the gaze of the man to him, Peter lifted the crowd's gaze to Jesus. Peter says to the people about Jesus, this is Jerusalem where, where Jesus had died on the cross and he was reminding them of the events of what had happened to Jesus. He says, you handed him over to be killed. You disowned him before Pilate. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked the murderer to be replaced to you. You killed the author of life. And he was just reminding him of the events that that happened at the time when Jesus went to the cross and died. He says, but God raised him from the dead. And in verse 16, he says, and his name, by faith in his name, he begins 
to tell them that this Jesus that you saw die, he actually is risen. And this is why this is happening today. He made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man his perfect health in the presence of you all. He was actually saying that this here that's happening right now is because of this. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, this is why this man is whole. This miracle of the crippled man now pointed people to Jesus. And it begged a right response from them. So not only did he point them to Jesus, the signpost, he then said, because of this, repent therefore and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come to you from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed to you, speaking of his coming again in, in the time to come. If you would consider yourself today not yet a Christian, maybe you're here this morning or listening online, That there's one thing for you to take away today from this story. And that is that everything in your life, the good, the bad, the ugly, is pointing you to Jesus. That he's the only true answer in your life. He's knocking on the door of your heart. You could say yes and just invite him into your heart. The one we've been singing about today to say it's only because of Jesus that our life is anything that counts. We'd love to speak to you about it afterwards or you could get in touch. And love to share with you more about what it means to be in Christ. But God supernaturally broke into their world on this ordinary day. And pointed them to Jesus. Interestingly, this week I was driving down the road and I was behind a bus. And there was this ad for the East of England ambulance. And it said this, ordinary life, extraordinary service. And I thought that's just so fitting for us. That's what you and I are called to be. Stepping out and praying for God moments to break through, to do it, to be the people that God's called us to be. Now, you, you might be following this story that we've been going through now. We're, we're in Acts 3, and you might up to this point be thinking, this is a wonderful life of being a Christian. The church is growing. God's moving. But the very next chapter, they soon realize that the Christian life is not just a blessing, but a battle. Not only were they people with stories, but they were people with struggles. And we pick up the story in Acts chapter 4. It says, as they were speaking to the people, as Peter and John were speaking to the crowds and pointing them to Jesus, the priests and the captains and the temples and Sadducees came upon him, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. The Sadducees were the dominant religious party who didn't believe in the resurrection. So you can imagine their response when people are talking about Jesus being resurrected. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day as it was already evening. Now, do you know there are moments when life can be so well, you know, God is good, you're good. You make a fresh decision to go all for God. And then something happens and and it leaves you feeling like, why me, God? Why this, God? Why is this happening? I feel like every time I press into God, it seems like all hell breaks loose. In this story, these people who gathered in the crowd had Jewish priests and religious leaders that ruled over them. 
And Peter and John were teaching them, teaching their people about Jesus. These leaders and rulers of the people were threatened by Jesus. Peter and John experienced struggles and opposition purely because of Jesus. However, the Sadducees could arrest Peter and John, but they couldn't arrest the gospel. Many of those who heard the word, it says in verse 4, believed. And the number of the men came to about 5,000. Isn't that amazing? That sometimes in the greatest challenges, there's the greatest blessings happen almost at the same time. We can learn from this story, the wonderful life of being a Christian is a mix of stories and struggles, breakthroughs and battles. We have an enemy who would be happy for us to do anything as long as we don't talk about Jesus. Now, we do know that we all have natural struggles in life. We, we all are experiencing the effects of the, of the economic crisis and, and where there's sometimes too much month left over from our money. And, and, and we get a flat tire because they're wearing out and we have balding tires. And, and the effect of our physical bodies getting older. Or you might say, speak for yourself, buddy. (laughs) But not only do we experience natural struggles, but supernatural struggles. You see, the enemy, the devil, is going to do all he can to get us to stop following and stop talking about Jesus. In this story, Peter and John were battling the religious leaders of the people. From these extraordinary moments came direct opposition. And if you look at the book of Acts, you can definitely see that there's a battle of Christ followers with religious opposition. That it doesn't outright speak of the fact that the devil was involved, or the devil did this, or the devil enticed them. Whereas if you look in the book of Revelation, at the very end of the Bible, you actually see it's a very different view that actually the, the sort of the veil of heaven is kind of put back. And you see that there is a spiritual battle between Jesus and the devil, between light and darkness. And that is why when Jesus was on the earth and, and preaching and speaking and giving us examples of how to live life, he gives us the Lord's prayer that, that we pray and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And even in John 10, he makes the declaration to say, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus was preparing the church for the battle to come. And as I was thinking about this, I can think in the midst of of the struggles that we face, we can have some kind of wrong responses. We first of all might respond rationally to think, that all of this has logical, react, logical reasons, that there's nothing spiritual about it. We might have a mystical response that thinks all spiritual, that, that the devil punctured my, my flat tire. <laughs> or, or selfish to think like, you know, it's all me. I'm such a bad person with so many bad thoughts. Or we can have a neutral response to think it's all good. I'll just do nothing. I'll just shut everything down and just keep quiet and nothing will happen. I was thinking, you know that, that arcade game where you go smash the gopher? You know, and sometimes our Christian walk can be like that. You know, you, you stick your head up and bam, you know, and, and, and sometimes we can get to a point where you go, I'm just going to lay low. I'm just going to chill. I'm just going to step back and, and keep my head down so, so things are cool. But the, 
The normal Christian life is a blend of blessing and battle. And that is why David said of God in Psalm 144, Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. He is my steadfast love and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield in whom I take refuge, who subdues people under me. The devil hates it when we lift Jesus up. And so he stirs things up, just as he stirred up these Sadducees to prosecute Peter and John. And that is why ultimately we see in this story that not only were they a people of stories, and not only were they a people of struggles, but they were a people of strength. We go on to see in verse 5 of our story. On the next day, so after the day after they were arrested, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem. This is almost like the Jewish high court were gathering. With Annas, the high priest, and, and, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, people we don't even know, and, and who were of the high priest family. And when they set them in their midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? So these two men, Peter and John, stood in a room of opposition. In, they were trying to intimidate them to say, what authority do you have to do this? In verse 8, then Peter. Think of Peter who, who denied Christ. Think of Peter that looked back at his past and thinks of sometimes things he'd done. But now it says, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and people and of el- rulers of the people and elders. If we're being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed? Let it be known to you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you well. And there is salvation in no, uh, no one else. And there's no other name under heaven um, uh, given among men by which you must be saved. They were people of strength because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. I think one of the tactics the devil uses or tries to stop or hinder the church from being all that it's meant for it to be is to fill us with fear and doubt regarding the Holy Spirit. Now, if we happen to have a power cut here right now, that would physically hinder the moment. (laughs) You would... It would hinder my voice from being able to be heard. It would, it would hinder our sight from being able to see things. It, it would probably kind of startle us. But maybe you're here and you're listening to me and you'd say deep down, you know, I'm actually afraid of the Holy Spirit. Or, or I'm actually disappointed with the Holy Spirit because of some past experiences. And that's why Paul says to Timothy, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear but a a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of self-control. Interestingly, it's a spirit of self-control. And one of the things that the enemy wants us to be afraid of is that we're going to lose control by having the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, how much more 
Will your Father in heaven give good gifts to them that ask? Will give the Holy Spirit? The enemy's tactic is to give us a fear of the good and being enticed with the bad. And fear stops the story. And I was just thinking about the qualities of God, how we can trust in him to be good. We sing the song, you're a good, good father. Love so undeniable. Peace so unexplainable. You're perfect in all your ways. And maybe this morning, if you feel as though God might be speaking to you about this in your life, about your, your hesitancy with the Holy Spirit, I just want to invite you to get in touch love to talk to you about it or talk to a community group leader and just we want we are a people that are spirit-filled our destiny is to be a spirit-filled people and through the holy spirit to be a people of stories they were people of strength because they were filled with the holy spirit now you might be wondering you got these two individuals in a room room full of people and you wonder, what did they think about these two individuals? What was, what was the religious leader's view of this people? Well, we actually get a bit of a hint here in verse 13. Now, when they saw a visible, they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men. <laughs> they were astonished. <laughs> Here are these people, this power, this, this boldness, and yet they're just ordinary people. <laughs> like you and I, <laughs> bold Ordinary. <laughs> they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. They could see something in them. They could see boldness, ordinary, but they've been with Jesus. They were people of strength because they'd been with Jesus. What makes uneducated, ordinary people bold? being with Jesus. You and I are strengthened when we spend time with Jesus. Toby talked about leaning into him, seeking to be more like him every day. And it was evident to others in that moment that they had been with Jesus when he physically was with them. How much more than you and I when Christ is in us by the Holy Spirit. Our story today concludes that the religious leaders couldn't deny the miracle that had happened. Couldn't deny the work of God that had taken place. But they were concerned with the impact it was going to have on the people around them. All they felt they could do was to warn them, warn them, to intimidate them. Isn't that how the enemy is? He knows he can't stop us, but if he can intimidate us, get us to shut down, get us to keep our head down. But their answer, Peter and John's answer was, all we could do is obey God, not man. And they received some further threats and then they were released to go. And lastly, we see that these people that were a people of stories, that were a people of struggles, but were strengthened by being filled with the Holy Spirit, being with Jesus. They were also strengthened when they turned to God united in prayer. Verse 23, when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heavens and the earth and the seas and everything in them. First of all, 
They lifted their gaze to Jesus. They lifted their eyes to Jesus. Sovereign Lord are words used of a ruler of unchallengeable power. They were thinking, you know, the Sadducees may utter warnings and threats to try to silence the church. But their earthly authority is subject to a higher authority in Jesus. Whatever we're going through, whatever things that seem to be opposing us. Many times when when I'm chatting with folks and we're having some discussion in some of the battles of life, when they're feeling embattled, it's good to pause and say, Jesus, you're greater than it all. Jesus, you're greater than it all. And fix our eyes on his greatness. And as this prayer unfolds, you can read it afterwards. They make some declarations. You are the God of creation. You created the heavens and the earth and the sea. You're the God of revelation. You spoke by your Holy Spirit. You are the God of history. That you do whatever is done is only by your hand and what your plan had predestined. So they lifted up the name of Jesus. And then they made some requests. And now, Lord, verse 29, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak with words of boldness. I love that word, to continue. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Look upon their threats. It's not like, I'm a Christian, get me out of here. It wasn't wasn't to be a rescue mission. But it's, give me strength. Give us courage. Give us boldness to continue in the battle. Give us courage to continue. Not a rescue mission, but strength and boldness to continue. Not a why ask God, why is this happening? But God... You are holy. You are greater than it all. And I pray that you would look upon these threats and give us boldness. Give us courage to continue and to proclaim. They they had the conviction. Their lives were a mix of stories and struggles, blessings blessings and battles. Give us boldness and you stretch out your hand. Give us boldness, but you heal. Give us boldness and you give us signs and wonders to be performed through the name of your Holy Son, Holy Servant Jesus. Prayer is not just something that we do. It's really important part of who we are. And that's why we get even the privilege and even just the opportunity to be able to gather together periodically. Even tonight, we've got one at 730 here in the small hall. It's one of those moments to lift up the name of Jesus. And for us together to say, Lord, look at the threats. Look what's happening in the nations right now. Even as Ruth said so well, we can look at it and see all the troubles, but give us courage, give us strength to continue on. And what was God's response to this kind of prayer? And when they had prayed, verse 31, the place where they were, the place where they gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. It's kind of interesting because so far, this is a little bit like an episode of 24. You know, we've been kind of Acts 1, 2, 3, 4. It's like a timeline that has gone on almost in real time. This isn't like years later. They had been filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts 2. And now, while they're still in the battles, 
In the struggles, God continues to keep filling him with the Holy Spirit. In these incredible events that we saw unfold, we see from the very first days of the young church, a people with great stories, a people with great struggles, but ultimately a people with great strength, full of the Holy Spirit, evident that they'd been with Jesus and united in prayer for the boldness and courage to continue advancing the kingdom with healing and signs and wonders. A quote I read while I was looking at this, the place was shaken that made them more unshakable. I want that in my life. I want that in our church. That by the Holy Spirit, that he would strengthen us to be a people of courage, to be a people of power, to be a people of stories, and yes, struggles, but with strength. Imagine what we as a church would look like. Imagine what our town would look like if we all gave what we had, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Will you pray with me? Can the band come up? And I think we need to notify the kids as well, Toby. Notify the kids at the back there. The kids are bringing something in. Okay. Yeah, remember that. That's right. Sorry, a little bit of admin here. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. If you're able to stand, will you stand with me? You know, I, I don't want to say any wise and persuasive words in prayer. I just want to ask the Holy Spirit to come. He's with us now. We know that. But to just have a moment with us. Having heard the absolute importance, the absolute necessity of us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. To be people of stories. To be people that can overcome struggles. And to be strengthened. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you by your Holy Spirit that you would fill us, you would flood us, you would empower us, you would overcome any of our hesitations because you're a good, good Father. You are a spirit of self-control. You are a God that wants to bring love and power and peace to our lives by your Holy Spirit and to embolden us to take this old, ordinary, common bunch of folks that we are and make us supernatural, supernaturally natural. And Father, in Jesus' name, I pray you would move amongst us now. Just going to linger. We've lifted him up and now we're going to just wait for him to refresh us. If you're not feeling anything, it doesn't matter. He's working. He never stops working. Father, fill us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. We're convinced by your scriptures that you're a good father. We're convinced that you want to empower your people. And so now we say, come with signs following. Come in power, we pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Just take authority over fear right now in the name of Jesus. Any hesitation with receiving all God's goodness in our lives. 
And Lord, I pray for those that are in real battles. We pray for your empowerment. Give us boldness and courage to continue. Not to shrink back, but to be bold. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you, God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for an awesome story today that we could live today. The privilege of doing that in Jesus' name. Amen.